Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Tryon. I'm Jeff Harris. I'm the pastor here at First Baptist, and I'm grateful for you joining us today. I must say, podcast might be a bit of a stretch because really this is our weekly sermon, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this week's sermon. I will give one word of warning, though, especially to those of you who are driving. Sermons um, from time to time tend to put people to sleep, so if you're driving, be real careful. We don't want you to fall asleep, because we'd love to have you tune in next week. (laughs) I hope you enjoy this week's sermon, although enjoy is really not the intended outcome of a sermon, but I am grateful that you took the time to listen, and I hope you have a great week. I'll catch you next week. The peace of Christ be with you. We welcome you to First Baptist Church of Tryon. Welcome to all of you who are joining us on Zoom. It's good to look here and and see your face. It's good to see those of you in the sanctuary and also those of us who are, are joining us on YouTube Live. In whatever capacity you are with us, we are grateful to be together. It is Trinity Sunday. And so this is typically the Sunday that the preacher tells extra bad jokes and tries to explain many things that are way over uh, the preacher's head. So I'll try not to do that too much this morning. But it is good to be together to worship and celebrate on this unique Sunday when we think about the nature of God. And now let us do just that as we move into worship as John Spinks rings the Trinity to transition us to worship. So if you're with us, you have an order of service, and if you're at home, you should see the call to worship on your screen. So let us now read the call to worship responsibly. Let us praise God, the Creator. Let us worship God, the Savior. Let us experience God the Spirit.
Let us pray. Dear Lord, we come to you this morning with grateful hearts. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord. We know, Lord, that all that we have in this world comes from you. And we thank you for your presence in our lives. We come this morning seeking your grace, your comfort, your peace. We know that these things come when we are closest to you in fellowship. On this Memorial Day weekend, we ask for your blessings upon the families of the good men and women who gave their lives in defense of our nation, our freedom, and our children's future. We ask that you bless everyone gathered here today and grant us the strength and courage to rise to the challenges of our time and to meet them in full confidence that you will always be with us. May we glorify you, Lord, in all that we do today and every day. Amen. read responsively Psalm 29. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. 
Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord causes the oaks to swirl and strips the forest bare, and in his temple all say, Glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. scripture this morning comes from the New International Version. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you will live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. The word of the Lord.
reading John 3, 1 through 17. Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, how can, one, how can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you a teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the son of man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, 
but in order that the world might be saved through him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I don't remember talking a lot or hearing a lot about the Trinity as a kid growing up in a Baptist church. In fact, the, the, the Baptist theologian, Curtis Freeman, who, who teaches at Duke Divinity School, he, he likes to joke sometimes that uh, Baptists can almost be default Unitarians because sometimes we forget to talk about the Trinity. It's not something that comes up in our liturgy all that often and, and those kinds of things. And in fact, he's got this picture uh, that he likes to show sometimes from a bookstore out in somewhere in Oregon. And uh, there's a Unitarian section and a Baptist section right together. And he sort of just laughs about it. And he's like, oh, my. But we're not Unitarians. We are Trinitarians. We believe in the God who has been revealed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And each year... There is one Sunday that this church sets aside to talk about the doctrine of the Trinity. In fact, it's the only Sunday on the Christian calendar that is specifically dedicated to a doctrine. And yet, some folks might think that one Sunday is still one too many. Too often... Too often it seems that a fair number of folks really aren't that interested in the doctrines of the church. That is, what is it that Christians really believe about God? I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that doctrine is out of style. Or, or to frame it a different way, I see lots of Christians arguing these days and quite a few churches arguing these days, but they're not arguing about doctrine. They almost are always arguing about social issues or the implications of theology lived out in the world. Now, you could say that those arguments about social issues and ethics and those kinds of things maybe are about the doctrine of Scripture or biblical hermeneutics, that is, how we interpret Scripture. You could say that. I'm not so sure, though. And I don't really want to chase that rabbit. That's not the point of this sermon. I want us to think about the Trinity, which is to say, I want us to think about God, which is actually what we do every Sunday, every time we gather. You see, if we say Trinity, or if we say Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, or Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer, or Creator, Christ, and Comforter, if we say any of those phrases, what we're really saying is God. And so... When we try and understand the Trinity, what we are trying to do is to understand God. We are trying to understand who this God is. And I have said it many times before, but, but I think it's worth repeating. The question that is often asked in the culture is, do you believe in God? But that's not really the right question. The question is, in which God do you believe? Almost everybody believes in some version of God, but what is interesting and what is important is which God is it that you believe? In fact, you could get widespread agreement among most religious folks and probably even a lot of non-religious people that, that God is the creator. In fact, that's what has led most people to believe that there is a God. They look around and they're like, well... I guess this came from somewhere, from someone. And so if you believe in God at all, well, then you probably believe that God is the one who created the world. But once you get past that, there's a significant amount of disagreement about who this God is and what this God desires for his creation. What do we mean when we say God? That is such an important question. The theologian N.T. Wright, when he was a chaplain at Oxford University, he would often meet new students 
And, and, and many of them would say to him, they would say, well, it was great to meet you. We really enjoyed meeting you. You seem like a nice guy, but just want you to know, you won't be seeing much of me because I don't believe in God. And Wright would always say to them, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. Which God is it that you don't believe in? And, and they would sort of be caught off guard usually, and they would kind of stammer around and say something like, well, you know, I don't believe in some old man with a big white beard who sits up in the sky and you know, looks down disapprovingly at the world, who doesn't really care about babies starving in Africa or, or women being sold as sex slaves in Thailand. And, and when they got through with these things, Wright would say, well, you know, I'm really not surprised that you don't believe in that God because I don't believe in that God either. And I don't really know anyone who believes in that kind of God. And then Wright would say, you see, I believe in the God that has been revealed in Jesus of Nazareth, the God that we read about in the Gospels. That's the God in whom we believe. And if you're reading from John's Gospel, you get this question from Nicodemus who comes to Jesus and he says to him, Rabbi, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. And so there's a confession here before he really gets around to the question, but, but for us, you see, it's much more than that. Yes, Jesus is a teacher, but Jesus is much more than a teacher. And yes, Jesus has indeed come from God, but there is much more to it than that. So let's just Let's just get it out in the open here, right? Let's just be honest about it. You see, Christians don't just believe that Jesus comes from God. We believe that Jesus is God in the flesh. That Jesus is the one who uniquely reveals God to us. That Jesus is the Son. And so, if you want to know who God is, well then, take a good long look at Jesus. But not only is Jesus like God, you see, here's the deal. God is like Jesus. Yes, Jesus is like God, but the deeper insight here is that God is like Jesus. And God has always been like Jesus. In fact, there has never been a time when God was not like Jesus. For many of us, Jesus kind of changes how we think about God. But Jesus does not change God. You see, there has never been a time when God was not like Jesus. Jesus just simply reveals who God really is. And so this is something we can know about God. This is something that we can grasp about God. That in the flesh, here it is, concrete, God is like Jesus. Now this doesn't mean that it's simple to know who God is. It is a little bit more complicated than that. Do, do you remember those um, WWJD bracelets, the What Would Jesus Do bracelets? Do you remember those? Those things are like really popular. And it is a really good question to ask. Like if you find yourself in a situation and you're trying to figure out what the right thing to do is, I'd recommend that question. What would Jesus do? And if we are followers of Jesus, we should seriously consider that question. But here's the truth. Here's the truth. I'm not always sure what Jesus would do. I don't always know. To go back to that prior example about churches that, and Christians that love to argue about all these different social questions, all these different lived out ethics in the world, when we argue about all those things, why do you think we're arguing about all that? We're arguing about all that because people think Jesus would do different things in different situ in situations. Some say, well, Jesus would do this. I know he would. And someone say, no, there's no way. This is where Jesus would be on that. 
And so even though God is like Jesus and Jesus reveals to us clearly who God is, there is still a part of God that remains unknown to us. That is, in the best of theological terms, mystery with an uppercase M, mystery. Yes, there is some aspects of God that we know clearly, and there are others that are mystery. I'll quote N.T. Wright again. He says that the doctrine of the Trinity, when properly understood, is as much a way of saying what we don't know as it is a way of saying what we do know. There is this part of God that we can know, and yet there is this part of God that remains unknown. Or let me say it this way. Let me say it differently. The God who is fully known and fully understood is not God. The God that you fully know, that you're just absolutely certain of what this God would do in any particular situation, that's not really God. That's you. That's me. You see, through Jesus, the created, that's, that's us, through Jesus, the created, us, are able to know the creator, that's God, but because we are not God, because we are of a different category, there's the creator, there's the created, those are different categories, we are unable to fully know God. And some, some might see this as disheartening or, or as problematic. But I don't think so. There's an orthodox theologian named Callistus Ware, and, and he says it this way. He says, it's not the task of Christianity to provide easy answers to every question. The task of Christianity is to make us aware of the mystery, that uppercase M mystery. And then he says, God is not so much an object of our knowledge as is God is the cause of our wonder. God is not so much the object of our knowledge. God is the cause of our wonder. God is the one in whom we stand in awe. God is beautiful and inexplicable, and to ponder God is to encounter surprise mingled with admiration. The task isn't really to know all about God. The task is to enjoy God. I caught this sunfish recently. Little sunfish, they're, they're not that big. Panfish, people call them. Panfish sometimes because you could just throw them right in the pan. They're just, you know, about the size of your hand. Or if you're from up north, you might call them bluegill. Or if you're southerners, you might call them brim. There's a whole bunch of different species, though, in that family. And this was a red-breasted sunfish. If you know what those look like, you know what I'm talking about. They're gorgeous little creatures. I wasn't fishing for them. I was fishing for smallmouth bass. But I caught this little bitty red-breasted sunfish. And this isn't the kind of picture, this isn't the kind of fish, by the way, that you do one of those big gripping grins with, you know, where you, you don't do that. Well, these are small. Most people just catch those and chunk them right back. But if you stop and look at that fish, it is so beautiful. It's just beautiful. Lots of colors just besides the red on there. There's these greens and blues, and in some ways they look a little bit translucent. That fish is so beautiful, and it doesn't have to be, you see. It doesn't have to be colored up pretty like that. Same thing with a, with a wild brown trout. If you, catch, if you get the stock brown trout, they're kind of ugly, actually. But if you catch a wild brown trout around these parts, they'll have these red spots on them, and they're just gorgeous fish. They don't have to be. When you, when you stand out on the steps out in front of the church, it's 
kind of hard right now because all the leaves are out, but if you go out by the gathering space on the walkway and look out toward the mountains, it's just it's beautiful. It's just this beautiful view. The trees and the rocks and the hills and the valleys and the rivers. When, when you look around at the natural world, there is such beauty. It doesn't have to be, though. It doesn't have to work that way. The, the utility of nature does not require it to be beautiful. But, but it is. It's beautiful because it's a reflection of God. It's beautiful because it is a reflection of the wonder of the Creator. Creation reflects and exudes the beauty of God. The one who is the source of all of that. This, this is the one who looks like Jesus, this God. And this God loved the world so much that, that he entered into it, not to condemn it, but to save it. Entered this world because he loved it. Not to condemn it, to save it. He loved and he healed and he forgave and he sacrificed his own life even for those who would betray him, even for those who would crucify him. This God is like Jesus. And we know who this Jesus is. We know who this Jesus is, which is to say we know who this God is, and yet this God is always just a little beyond our knowing. This God is just a little beyond our reach, just a little out of our grasp. And, and, and when we ponder God, we can't help but be a little bit like Nicodemus when he says, well, how can these things be? When Jesus is trying to explain to him how you can be born from above, well, how can this be? Well, I don't know how it can be. I just know it is. It just is. This God is with us, and yet this God is beyond us because we cannot possess God. We don't own God. We don't control God. We know God, and yet God is just a little beyond us. And we would do well to remember that the church's job is never to provide easy answers to every question. That's not our job. Our job is to remind each other that God is not so much the object of our knowledge, but the cause of our wonder. That's the kind of God that you can love. That's the kind of God that you can desire to know. And the beauty and the mystery of this God will save the world. The beauty and the mystery of this God will save the world. Amen.
So this God revealed in Jesus loves us enough to offer his own life for us. That is the same kind of love that we see reflected in other people from time to time, people who offer those kinds of sacrifices. So I know that oftentimes people think of Memorial Day as the unofficial start of summer, but it's, it's actually a very solemn day in which we remember and give thanks for those who have given their life in service of our country. So let us bow now for a moment of silence to give thanks for those who have made that kind of ultimate sacrifice. Let us remember their families, their friends. Let us give thanks for them now silently. Lord, we do remember those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice in service of this land. We give thanks for their example. Help us to not take that lightly. Help us to not take it for granted. We pray for family and friends who grieve those losses communities where those losses are felt. Help us to live in such selfless ways. Forgive us for our narcissism, where we so awfully only think about ourselves, or maybe just those in our own household. Help us to truly love our neighbors. Give us the strength and the wisdom to make sacrifices required to love each other, O oh Lord. And set within us, kindle within us a little fire. A fire that burns in awe of that kind of love. A fire that burns in awe of you and your creation full of such beauty and splendor. Pure gifts. This world didn't have to be beautiful. We didn't have to be born. None of this had to be here. And yet, the love that is bound up within you, love between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it overflowed, and here we are. Help us to be grateful for this gift and help us to live as generously so that we might offer hope and healing for this world. And now we pause to pray, especially for those who need your hope and your healing on this day. And I will begin by those here in the sanctuary. You may offer the name, uh, the name aloud of those who need prayer, and I will repeat it so everyone can hear it. Jennifer Reagan. Jennifer Reagan. Danielle and Dana, uh, Daniel and Dotnoss Sapp. Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton. Susan McHugh. Susan McHugh. Robert Daly. Robert Daly. Mike Smith, Barbara Call, Bill Corn and his family. And now those of you at home, if you would unmute yourself and offer your concerns aloud. The Michael Jackson family and the passing of Michael. Lord, be with all the ones that we have named, ones left unnamed, and the ones unknown to us. Wrap them with your love and your care and your compassion. 
so that they may know your peace that passes all understanding. And we pray these things through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the one who has taught us to pray. And if you are at home, if you will unmute yourselves. And then if you're here in the sanctuary, if you will join me as we pray together. Our Father, Father. who art in heaven, heaven. heaven. hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And that is the kingdom, and power, and glory forever. Amen. Amen. So before we sing, I want us to pass the peace to each other. So if, uh, Harper, if you can throw up the, yep, that view, and then Jody, if you can uh, highlight the sanctuary view for folks at home. So if you will pass the peace to each other, just turn up there and say hello to those folks. Peace of Christ be with you, and they'll say hello to y'all. So it is good that we can join ourselves together in worship and in prayer and, and, and be able to see each other even as we are, are still in these... Uh, Strange times. to worship with you. It's been good to sing with you. That, dox, that doxology sounded right, right pretty, didn't it? Y'all did well. Um, I do want to remind you that next Sunday we have an opportunity for fellowship and fun uh, in the back of the church parking lot at 6 o'clock, I think is going to be the time. If we change that time, if we push it back a little later, we'll let you know. We don't really want to burn up out there. The sun can kind of beat down at that time, but we're going to have an ice cream social. Uh, we'll provide the ice cream. Y'all come, grab some ice cream. We're going to play some trivia, maybe some goofy games. And uh, it's outside, so if you want to wear a mask, that you're, you're welcome to, but you certainly don't have to. Uh, so that'll be a nice time to be together. I think one of the things that we have most, or that we most need at this time, is, is community with each other. And so we'll have several other of those kind of events planned this summer, and it'll be a good way for us to be together. Also, just a, another reminder, if you have not been vaccinated yet and you would like information about that or assistance with how to get a vaccine, please let me know, and I'll be glad to, to help you get that set up. They're widely available now and, and, and very accessible. It's been wonderful to be together. So here's the benediction. May you go in peace to love and serve the Lord, and as you go, remember who you are. You are disciples of Jesus, our Lord and our brother, children of Almighty God, bound together as brothers and sisters through the Spirit. You are the very body of Christ, so may you serve the Lord with gladness all your days. Amen. So if you're here on Zoom, you can stay.